0: Hey Outliers, welcome to a brand new edition of Cheat Sheet, where each week we compress six plus hours of research and interviews into three big ideas that you can read in five minutes. And if you're interested in the newsletter companion to this episode, you can sign up for the newsletter. It's completely free to get it in your inbox at Cheat sheetnewsletter.com. And you can also find this week's cheat sheet there. And the title this week is Obsessing Over Problems and Predicting the Future. Now, this week we profiled Adrian Owen, who founded Forward in 2017 to turn healthcare from a service into a product to dramatically decrease the cost of healthcare so that healthcare can actually reach a billion plus people globally. And Adrian's background is fascinating. And I wouldn't normally share this in this kind of segment, but I'm going to do it because. His experience features in a lot of what we're going to cover this week. So before founding Forward, Adrian served as the director of special products for Google CEO at the time, who was Larry Page. He founded Sidewalk Labs, which is a Google subsidiary focused on innovation in urban environments and cities. And he served as an advisor to the White House on the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology, which is a huge mouthful, but effectively just assume that he was one of a handful of people that was advising the White House on the future of science and technology and what sorts of policies were needed to shape that and help guide that. Now, the three big ideas this week are number one is a principle, and it's about problem obsession and why all companies should be problem obsessed and not solutions obsessed. So that's number one is a principle. Number two is a framework. You know, one of the things that Adrian had to do, uh, both as an advisor to the White House on science and technology, as well as his role as director of special projects for Google CEO, is be able to have thoughts about how the future is going to play out. As an advisor on that council, he had to answer questions like, what's the future of robotics? What's the future of food? These are very, very, very difficult things to do. And so he actually had to come up with a framework. And this week we decode that framework. And so the second thing is a framework for how to predict the future from first principles. And the third is an insight. This insight's particular to Forward and the company that Adrian's building, but I think it ties into everything that we've been discussing about the difference between service-based businesses and product-based businesses and why humans don't scale and why technology is infinitely scalable. And so the third is an insight and it's why healthcare should be a product and not a service. Now, let's start with the first one, which is a principle, which is be problem-obsessed and not solutions-obsessed. I'm going to read from the newsletter, add a little bit of commentary as we go. One aspect of how Adrian Allen runs forward that fascinates me is his obsession with being problem-oriented, not solutions-oriented. And this is a quote from Adrian from our interview. I've always been fascinated by problems more than solutions, and so I actually walk around forward and tell people solutions don't really matter, problems matter. In Adrian's eyes, there's nothing redeeming about obsessing over ideas or solutions. For one, no idea is ever right or final. We know this because every time we ship an idea at a company, we immediately learn what's wrong with it, what can be improved, and so we iterate on it. And so in the end, at best, every idea is merely the foundation for the next better iteration of that idea. Incredibly, incredibly powerful statement. But it's effectively, you know, just saying that, hey, ideas are these temporal things, At a company, we spend an enormous amount of time. You know, an idea can be a new feature. It can be a new version, a new iteration of an existing feature. And what you learn over time is none of these are ever done or final. You ship something, you immediately get data back. You always learn that there's things wrong with it or things that can be improved with it, just how the world works. And so at best, ideas are the foundations for newer, better ideas. And so if that's the case, you know, it immediately points to don't focus overly on ideas. You need to stay obsessed with the problem that you're focused on. I'm going to go back to a quote from Adrian. So by definition, whatever idea you have, let's just agree it's crap. You just don't know why it's crap yet. And so we took the stance from day one that we were going to focus on problems, not on solutions. It's easy to treat ideas as precious and valuable. We tend to consider our ideas part of ourselves. They're ours, inextricably linked to us. You know, they determine a lot of our value, or at least how we think about our value and the value that we add, which makes it incredibly difficult to actually debate ideas because attacking an idea often feels like you're attacking the person who had the idea, even though we know that's utter nonsense. You know, when you're in a debate with someone, you're never thinking, I'm going to go and attack Stacey for this idea that she had. You're literally just disagreeing or offering up a different point of view on that same idea. But when we engage in this idea versus idea exchange, typically, it does not go super, super, super smoothly. And so that's part of the big idea here is just if you're a solutions obsessed company, meaning you prize ideas and ideas are what's valuable, you're probably not having these like visceral debates over what idea is actually the best idea, especially in a way that, you know, makes it so it's not about anybody. It's not about. Who offered the idea? We're just trying as a group to pick the best idea that can help close the gap between where we are today and, you know, solving our problem that we're tackling in a, in a bigger, better way. I think it's an incredibly powerful framework. Okay, back to Adrian. Here's a quote. We have this concept at Forward, which is that we love to beat up ideas. And some people get really uncomfortable with that. They're like, what do you mean you're beating up my idea? We have this meeting type called the jam where we work through problems and we attack ideas. We attack them. And that makes people really uncomfortable by default because we're so trained to believe that ideas matter more than problems. And so the conclusion here, at least this is what I came up with, is keeping our attention focused on the problem we're solving helps put ideas into context. Any idea is merely a stepping stone toward a better idea. What matters is the problem, not any one solution. So we're free to pit ideas against one another ruthlessly in the name of progress towards solving our problem. For forward That's how you get healthcare to billions of people and build the world's most scalable healthcare system. So again, just to reiterate that, the reason that I like this is just, I've never heard anyone articulate this perspective and basically go to war on this idea that, hey, we all think ideas are really precious. And this shows up so many places in venture. When you're talking very, very early on with founders, you know, you're know, you often talking about an idea and not so much a problem. And so ideas show up all the time. They come up in how people pitch companies. They come up in how people talk about what they're shipping in the next version of product. They come up in brainstorm sessions and roadmap sessions. And I just love the perspective here of actually at the end of the day, you actually want to be a company that prizes the problem, that stays focused on the problem and discounts ideas to a degree. Because number one, as we've already talked about, Every idea is just the foundation for the next better idea. So we've already, we've already agreed that ideas are these kind of temporal things. And so what's, what then really is what you're trying to buy us for as a company, you're trying to have great debate around ideas, a great velocity in exchange, you know, attacking of ideas as Adrian talked about so that you can just figure out what's the best idea to put into place. And I think the best way to do that is exactly what Adrian says, which is you stay problem obsessed, not solutions obsessed. Because if you stay problem obsessed, I think another way to think about it, and this is kind of what I tried to illustrate in the graphic for this section this week is if your solution's obsessed, you know, if we're in a forest, you're staring at a particular tree and you're just talking about why this tree is the best tree in the forest. Whereas if you're problem obsessed, you're looking at the entire forest. You're weighing each of them equally. You're not treating anything as overly precious because you know that your goal is the whole and just your ability to kind of keep moving forward. So I just think it's incredibly well said, an incredibly powerful perspective. And so that is the first idea in this week's cheat sheet. Now we're going to move on to the second, which is a framework for how to predict the future from first principles. Another aspect of Adrian's background I found fascinating was his work on the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. In that role, he helped advise the White House on how to think about science and technology. Here's a quote from Adrian. To be clear, this was a side project, but what I was asked to do is basically predict the future. What's the future of transportation? What's the future of education? What's the future of food? He had to come up with the definitive right answer on something that's a very long-term question. And as he himself said, you know, it's basically impossible to do. No one can predict the future. And so he had to come up with a framework to try to approximate the future. And that's how I would think about what this is. And we're going to go through it in a second. I think the kind of method he uses of pitting two extremes against one another to try to figure out the rough shape of where something will head is extremely powerful. It's extremely simple. But again, what we're trying to do here is not literally predict the future. It's have a perspective on where the future is going. So back to the newsletter. To do this, he doesn't try to predict technology. He just tries to predict the limit of where things could go from first principles by considering two extreme ends of a given spectrum and picking which extreme is most likely. And I'll say that again, because it's really important. It's going to show up in a second and it's all going to make more sense if you get this. So his method is effectively, it's kind of a question and answer or it's a question and then you're going to posit the answer. And the question is effectively, every question is pitting these kind of two extremes. So you take one specific idea or component aspect of this thing. And you're going to just pick two extremes that almost seem ludicrous, almost seem like a straw man argument. But what you find if you do this question after question after question, it's actually very, very, very insightful. So again, you're considering two extreme ends of a given spectrum and picking which extreme is most likely. So here's a quick example that we walk through together during a conversation question a hundred years from now. Do you believe healthcare is more likely to cost a billion dollars per person or zero dollars per person? I said in the interview, I think it's more likely to be 0 than a billion dollars. I don't think healthcare can continue to get more expensive forever. Second question, do you think that healthcare is going to use all of your available health and biomarker data or none of it? Well, obviously it's going to use all of it. Today, uh, unfortunately, the vast amount of data that we're all collecting doesn't actually make it to our physicians and make it into healthcare system and it isn't actually used to be able to keep us healthy, to determine if we're healthy in the future. Clearly, it's inevitable, it has to happen. Someone has to solve that. Okay. Third question. Do you think you're going to see your doctor once a year or once per minute? Well, I think it's going to be once per minute. And I don't think it's literally seeing your doctor, but I think this interaction of me checking in on my health and getting real-time feedback or advice is going to get more real-time, more down to the minute. So I said probably once per minute, at least digitally. Question. Do you believe healthcare is going to happen in one place in a city called a doctor's office or that healthcare infrastructure will be everywhere? Well, you know, I think exactly like what forward's doing it makes obvious sense to me. If you're in a city, you shouldn't have to drive out of the city to wherever this industrial park is to go visit this big giant hospital. I should have convenient locations all around and be able to pop in and out. And so it should be ubiquitous. And so I said, you know, likely everywhere. So what just happened? In a few simple questions, we start to see that it's likely that the cost of healthcare will decline, that it's going to make use of more and more of our data. Their health will be assessed minute by minute rather than once or twice per year, and that the infrastructure of healthcare will be much more ubiquitous than it is today. And again, how do we do that? Adrian just picked healthcare, and then he's asking these extreme polar opposite into the spectrum questions, and you're just picking one that seems the more likely. And no question in and of itself is all that insightful, but you do this four or five times, 10 times, and you start having, I think, a pretty clear idea of where things are headed. And so again, I think this is valuable It's because it's coarse grain, it's fast, and it's informative. I don't think anyone can predict the future. I think all of us making an effort to have a clearer idea about how things will play out is enormously valuable. So I think this is really, really, really interesting. So the goal here isn't to be exactly right, but directionally right. It's to quickly determine the path of travel that's most likely by selecting between two counterposed extremes. This is back to Adrian for a final quote. Look, I can't tell you when. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like, but I can give you a rough sketch of where it's going, and I think that alone is extremely powerful. So that's how you predict the future from first principles. That's number two. The point we're going to close on today is the third piece of this week's cheat sheet, and it's an insight, and it's why healthcare should be a product and not a service. And, you know, for people that listen to the episode, this is probably a little bit of a reiteration of what we covered, but we've talked a lot in recent weeks about the differences between service-based businesses and product-based businesses, the ability for businesses to have infinitely scalable revenue versus linearly scalable revenue, and so I thought this was extremely just helpful. Back to the newsletter. The most provocative aspect of forward strategy is also the simplest. And this is a quote from Adrian. We only have one insight at Forward that we believe that nobody else believes, and it's that healthcare should be a product and not a service. That roughly everything in healthcare should be a problem and software problem not a human problem. It's provocative because the entire healthcare industry today is a service, meaning you request an appointment with your doctor who sees you one-on-one whenever you think you need quote-unquote healthcare. So all care is gated by the number of doctors and the time they have available to see you because all care happens one-on-one. And there's many, many, many quotes in the interview that I wanted to add to this section, but I think one of the challenges, one of the things I try to focus on every single week is really condensing and distilling this down But what I would say here just to expand is so much of what kind of forwards perspective is number one, look at what doctors are doing today and how they're spending their time. It's outrageous. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But I think one of Adrian's big perspectives, which I think is extremely right, is you have these doctors that are extremely well-educated that could be working on productizing aspects of medicine that happen again and again and again and again so that they can use their time in more effective places. Or the, so they could use it on things that are just more substantial. But in the end, most of healthcare is looking at bumps, talking about a flu, talking about these really silly colds and very small, minimal things that aren't really that important. And so I think a lot of it, a lot of his perspective is just, this is an outrageous waste of resources, which I totally agree with. And there's more things that these doctors want to do. There's things that'd be more valuable. And so, I think a big aspect of how they approach it is doctors are amazing. We don't want to take the humans, these, these incredible humans, out of the healthcare system. We just want to use hardware and software. We want to use technology to give them superpowers so that we can scale their impact. And so, the rest of this is going to be loosely about that. Back to the newsletter, which makes healthcare extraordinarily expensive. It's why in the US today, nearly 20% of GDP is healthcare related. And this is a shocking stat I didn't learn until this interview, but it's also growing. It's inflating six to 7% year over year, which is just insane. So you have something that today takes up one out of every $5 in the US in terms of GDP, which is healthcare. It's growing at six or 7%. It's predicted that in roughly a decade, at that rate of growth, that healthcare will account for 40% of GDP. Just absolutely staggering. Healthcare has failed to realize that humans don't scale, only software and hardware do, which is why Forward's goal is to create hardware and software for every problem, from weight management to cancer screening, because that's the only way every doctor can scale and reach more patients. Now, why is is all of this important? Well, obviously, you know, as we talked about, I think everyone would agree, healthcare as, you know... One out of every $5, maybe if you zoom way, way out and you're like, people are very important, lives are very important, you could kind of make that point. But when you learn that it's also growing and that healthcare could soon be 40% of GDP, it becomes very clear that this is not sustainable. And so at some point in time, healthcare costs need to come down. And so the reason I think this perspective is so important is the only way that that's going to happen is if we change models. This one-on-one human interaction model does not work. It's not scalable. It's incredibly expensive. And so we've reached the limits of that. And so the only way to really move to a new paradigm in healthcare where it becomes more affordable, more accessible, is to productize it. And so that's really the the big, big, big goal here. The easiest way to think about Forward is this. They're turning a service into a technology product one component at a time. And these are two back-to-back quotes from Adrian. When I was at Google, I worked on the search engine Every time I sat down, I could write code that literally went out to 3 billion people later that day. When a doctor sits down to work, they can affect one person. One. That's fucked up. (laughs) It's from Adrian. Um, He curses a lot. You know, I I think it's generally amazing. But that's one quote. And then here's the second quote. If you build doctors better tools, what you realize is that they will get out of dealing with your flu and sniffly nose so they can move into more interesting stuff. If they're going to go to med school for 10 years, why are they dealing with your runny nose? It's absurd. Have them deal with cancers. Have them deal with heart disease. Have them deal with the stuff that matters, not your runny nose. And so just to end it this week, you know, Forward's goal is to bring down the cost of healthcare so that they can reach a billion plus people globally. They know the only way they can do that is if they help scale healthcare by turning a one-on-one service into an infinitely scalable set of hardware and software. And so that is this week's cheat sheet. So again, just to kind of reiterate... The first was a principle. It's all about why problem obsession is so important and why ultimately focusing on the problem you're solving and treating that as the precious special thing that you're using to orient yourself constantly is so much more valuable than being solutions obsessed. That's number one. The second was a framework. And it's this you know kind of funny straw man framework, but I think it's actually extraordinarily effective for how to predict the future, how to predict how things are going to travel from first principles. By effectively picking something picking two polar opposite ends of the spectrum and asking question after question after question to try to see where the shape of an industry or the direction of an industry or technology is headed. And so it's how to predict the future from first principles. And then the third is just, it's another insight grouped into the things we've been discussing around why healthcare should be a product, not a service. And I think it's just a great example. We've talked a lot about this generally. I think healthcare is in many ways, the perfect example of one, The tragedy of what happens when an industry gets large enough being service-based because it's almost impossible to change. And at that point, it's just incredibly expensive. It's completely unscalable. That is healthcare to a T today. And it's why it should become a product, why it has to become a product in order to change the path of travel that healthcare is headed on. If you're interested in signing up for Cheat Sheet, the newsletter has been growing off the charts. You know, it's been incredible to be able to do this and hopefully you found it valuable We try to compress all the research, all the interviews for a given week into something you can read in five minutes and listen to in a little bit more time. But if you're interested, you can sign up for the newsletter. It's completely free at CheatSheetNewsletter.com. Thank you so much.